1: Greetings for author talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Our book today deals with a difficult subject, the title of which is Overcoming Loss and Embracing Hope. Wonderful story, but it's a 9-11 widow story, and our author Kathy Trant joins me from Florida today. Welcome, Kathy, to the program.
2: Hello, Jay. How
1: are you? Doing well. Uh, The very first line of your book which grabbed my attention and, of course, which is uh, an underscore of what happened on 9-11 in New York City. Your husband, Danny, was a man of love murdered by hate. That tells the story. My wife was in New York City the night before and left on the last plane outbound for Dallas, Texas. So it affected a lot of people, yours more personally than perhaps my family or others. Why did you choose to share your story, Kathy? Um, I decided to share
2: my story because I think that you know, even after 13 years, um, when you go through such a tragedy, there is hope. You can always get help. And I wanted people to remember Danny for the amazing man that he was. And I never wanted him to be forgotten.
1: You talk about overcoming loss. Uh, this was a very difficult time for your family. How did you respond, I guess initially, as far as interacting with others who had suffered similar loss?
2: Um, I went to therapy groups. Um, I became good friends with a firefighter's wife, um, but mostly I kept to myself. I didn't really interact with um, other that lost them on that day.
1: You mentioned the term overcoming loss and embracing hope. The loss was monumental. Most of us would still be grieving. I'm sure there's much of that in your life. How did you come to the point of embracing hope?
2: Well, when I hit rock bottom um, and I tried to commit suicide, that's when I knew I needed to get help, and I reached out, and there were a lot of people there with open arms trying to help me.
1: And who, in your estimation, was the one person that stands out in your mind as, uh, I guess, throwing a lifeline of hope?
2: Um. My daughter, mainly, and my mom. They were there for me the, from the beginning.
1: Were there others who, well, I guess, were professional caregivers that also reached out in a personal way to you?
2: Yes. There's one therapist in particular, Joy Gosson. Um, She gave me hope that I can move on and I can be happy again. And... and- That really helped me a lot.
1: You mentioned the term or the the name Joy Dawson. Is this uh, an individual who is uh, primarily a a counselor or are they also an author? She's
2: a counselor. A counselor. Joy Dawson,
1: yeah. Oh, Dawson. All right. I misunderstood the the last name. You are now living in Florida. When you decided to write your book, first of all, how long did it take to complete?
2: Um, It took about a year and a half from beginning to end, although I started writing right from the beginning in my, my journal.
1: Many of my authors are journalers. Those notes, were they important into, in in sharing the details of your story?
2: Yes, they were very important. Cause, um, you know, you forget certain things that went on and your moods on each day, and that helped me to go back and realize how hard and difficult it really was.
1: Many of uh, the listeners today will remember where they were on 9-11, and of course I'm sure you do for sure, but what activity were you involved in that morning on the 11th?
2: I was um, taking the kids to school, and um, on my way to Dunkin' Donuts, and I walked into my house, and I got a phone call, and it was my husband telling me that he is trapped in the building. And this, you know, I think he knew that he wasn't going to be able to get out.
1: Difficult, difficult uh, story and a difficult conversation. If you were to introduce this book to someone and give them a reason for getting their copy of this, besides just telling your story, what other What other information, what other uh, underlying message do you want people to take away from reading your book?
2: Um, I want people to realize that, you know, yes, the whole world breathed but there were so many wonderful human beings that their lives were just taken away because of hatred, and it's still, 13 years later, it's still there. I want people never to forget that these people were great people, and they were from all different races, so we can't, you know, we can't be prejudiced against any type of race or religion. You just have to love everyone and reach out to everyone, and that's what happened with me.
1: You described Danny as your soulmate, and uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Was that the day that you first met?
2: Yes. Well that's the first date we went on on Saint Patrick's Day and we fell in love and three months later we got married. So we knew
1: that's incredible. That
2: we were in love.
1: That's incredible. Uh, you, you mentioned that Danny had uh, planned to resume his professional basketball career in Ireland, so he was of Irish descent and uh, had a yes. an athletic background. That, uh, I'm sure, had a, a bearing on your life together and part of the activities that you were involved in. Yes,
2: yeah, so the kids all played basketball and soccer. That was our life. I mean, it was really a big part of our life. My daughter played soccer in college and the boys play all tennis and basketball and all types of sports. That was really a big part of our life and after Danny was gone it wasn't anymore as much the kids didn't want to play. It reminded them too much of their dad.
1: And what was Danny's career as uh as she was he, uh, a bond trader. Bond trader.
2: At Cantor Fitzgerald.
1: Wow a name that certainly yeah. was in the headlines for sure. Uh, introduce this book to someone in a couple of uh, paragraphs and tell them why Danny's story and your story will change their life.
2: Well, I think that it will tell people that life is, we have to enjoy it every day. You never know when it's going to be taken away from you, and that people have to just, I mean, it's so scary nowadays with everyone hating each other we have to all come together and be peaceful and love our neighbors and just try to be the best person we can be every day because you never know when it's going to be the end
1: there are other stories yeah. that recount the days of uh, and that particular day 9-11 what is different about your book that will stand out in the reader's mind
2: um, I think my book's more of a love story. It tells you, I hope people will see it as how in love I was with Danny and how he was such a big part of making me whole and I was lost when I lost him. It's more of a love story, you know, I think others might, and I don't think many people wrote about the day of when, from the morning to night, what happened that day.
1: You have quoted James Dobson who uh, mentions this and probably as a recap of your love for Danny. Don't marry the person you think you can live with. Marry only the individual you think you can't live without. And that is your story, the story of your love between Danny and yourself.
2: Yes, that is definitely a true statement. Um, He was everything to me and my kids. And the pain that this 9 11 caused, it's, it's, I'm so lonely nowadays and he made me so happy. And why? Why did he have to be taken away like he did? I don't understand it. I just can't comprehend it. And I think my book tells, shows people how you should really appreciate the love you have because love doesn't come around that often.
1: This must have been difficult to recount your story and share it. What was the most difficult uh, part of writing this book, and how did you overcome it?
2: Um, The most difficult part was writing about my children. The effect it had on them was so unbelievably hard that I can't even describe the pain that they had and how badly that they missed their dad, and he was such a good dad, and we had like this if you could call a life perfect, we had a perfect life and it was all just taken away in a split second. And those couple of hours it was just gone. And so writing about my children's pain and having to tell them that our fairy tale life is over was definitely the hardest part for me.
1: Your book is titled Overcoming Loss and Embracing Hope and on the back cover it says on the morning of September eleventh, two thousand and one I was a happy woman. Living a life I loved, I had a husband I adored and three amazing children. Life was good. In one horrifying instant, it seemed my world was shattered when the Twin Towers fell. An amazing story and an amazing account that you have shared with not only us, but with the world. And one I would recommend for those who want a better understanding of how hope can be embraced in spite of grief. The title of the book, again, is Overcoming Loss and Embracing Hope, a a 9-11 Widow Story. Our author, Kathy Trant. Kathy, where do we get copies of your book?
2: Um, You can get it at Amazon online. Um, Barnes & Noble, hopefully will have it, but um, definitely Amazon and Kindle. You can receive it on Kindle also.
1: Downloadable. And Kathy, are you thinking of perhaps doing a follow-up story to this one
2: um i don't think so i think it's just that i put it out there it'll be on bookshelves for the rest of you know hopefully history down the road someone might pick it up and read it and realize what happened that day to everyone a more intimate story
1: kathy thank you for taking time to share this very very personal story overcoming loss and embracing hope a 9-11 widow story our author again has been Kathy Trent. Thank you for joining me today, Kathy.
2: Thank you so much, Jay.
1: For Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages.
3: Have you heard
0: Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world.
4: The title of the book, By the Way, I Love You My Journey, and the author is Alma Vittam. And Alma joins us now on Author Talk. Welcome to the show.
5: Thank you. Steve, how are you today?
4: Well, I'm doing great, and what a great story, a story of a lot of real-life experiences these last four years for you, and you came out a, of a life of abuse, and and you've turned your life around, and that's what this book is here to help people understand they can really change. Yes,
5: that's for sure.
4: They can heal. Every- yes, Absolutely. That's probably the biggest news, isn't it? They can literally be healed.
5: Yes. Everything that you need to heal yourself is inside of you. I make it sound easy, but it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's doable.
4: Right. Well, that's the key part of this. And you call this story, your book, raw, real, transforming, because... Your life has literally been transformed so let's go back let's go back okay. and and talk about a little bit about what led up to these four years that you've changed so much and we want to know why you wrote the book
5: all right uh, well I had a lot of people tell me that I needed to share my story so I guess I just listened and thought that um, sharing my story might be able to inspire other people to to uh, give them the courage and the, and the inspiration to also transform form their life, make changes in their life that they need to make. Um, it was actually just started one random day. I found myself, um, through a circumstance of events, in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. And uh, a few days later, in my doctor's office, my doctor told me that I had a disease that I was probably going to die from. And um, and as he was telling me those words, um, I only I only heard two things: live or die. And then there was a question: uh, What are you going to do? What are you going to choose? Life or death? And in that moment, I instantly chose life. And uh, and I knew that there were going to be some changes that were going to come. And on the way home from the hospital, uh, f- sorry, from the doctor's office that day. I felt uh, joy inside of me. The First time I'd felt joy for many, many years. Um, For four months, um, while I was under the doctor's care, I started to really pay attention to what was happening in my life. Um, It's like I was kind of awoken. uh, I woke up from a a deep, deep sleep, and uh, I just started to really recognize the things that were happening in my life. And by the time um, I'd had, you know, my biopsy and the doctor told me that what they had seen four months prior was totally gone, I really, really started to believe that uh, transformation was about to, was was happening. And um, it's all the synchronicities, all the amazing, wonderful things and people that came into my life uh, in the next few years that that really helped with that transformation and now I live independently happy peaceful and life is great
4: you talk about in your book as you put it stories of my karmic adventures uh, good deeds bad deeds from previous lives now uh, uh, share Mm -hmm. more share more about those kinds of insights that you have
5: well, during my journey, I studied um, Buddhism uh, heavily and um, Hinduism, and so I learned a, lo- a lot about karma and, um, you know, how what what that whole belief system is, and it really helped me with my transformation. It really helped me connect to um, my soul, and it helped me more to understand um, why my life had been the way it had been and what was happening. Um, at the time, and really helped me to trust and and believe.
4: So how do you see this life tied to a previous life, and what comes of that? What's the reason for it?
5: Well, I believe that we, um, we choose our life before we are born. Um, we choose our parents for the lessons that we need to learn, but I also believe that we also... Bring forward from previous lives lessons that we hadn't learned, and um, we're given another opportunity to learn them in this life. And I, I believe that I've I've learned many many lessons. So in my next life, um, if you believe in reincarnation, I'll know I won't have to repeat those. Those those lessons are learned.
4: Well, let's talk about a few of the events, few events, and a few. People you've met along the way that have really had a great impact on impact on you. Let's talk about this bus stop man and your beach walks. What what was so important about him and and,
5: yeah, and it, about those he walks? He actually and I talk a lot about energy because I believe everything is is based on energy. And just about two or three weeks before I had this experience in the ambulance and told was told that I had this. Um, grave illness, I was just sitting um, one day at the bus stop waiting for my son to get off the bus so I could bring him home. And a gentleman came to my car and um, just introduced himself. But immediately I felt his energy. And I knew that I had known this man before. And it wasn't until after my life started to transform that i realized that this gentleman had come at a time to help me and we bonded with a, a wonderful friendship and um he gave me a friendship of a man that i that i'd never had before um i lived in a, with a very jealous husband so i i never had any male friends and this gentleman taught me a lot about how a woman should be treated and he was a huge part of the uh, transformation
4: what happened in nepal that was so life-changing
5: nepal was um i went with a friend who i had met at the um the place where i was practicing buddhism or studying buddhism i should say and it was supposed to be a huge spiritual journey um we had both wanted to travel to Nepal for, for a long, long time, so we went together. It was a spiritual journey, but not in the way that we, we thought it was going to be. We actually got caught up in some um, deceit, and uh, it was, it was a pretty, pretty scary at times. The people that we had, we had arranged to be our guides and our um, travel people, um Napoleons that turned out to be not the people that we thought they were going to be, but really what that whole journey what it taught me was that I could really, really trust my intuitive the gut feelings that you have inside it 's your soul speaking to you and and I really learned that um you know I, I could trust those those instincts without a doubt, and it got us home safely
4: well that 's those kinds of experiences of life that you never forget I'm sure that's why they're part of your book
5: yeah <laughs> you know I'll never forget that experience absolutely
4: so the title by the way I love you that title has obvious very deep significance for you
5: it does actually and it's kind of the only thing that I don't reveal is is the um is why I chose the title it's very it's very private to me and very personal to me, but it has a deep deep meaning
4: well what about the hitchhiker uh, when you were at the bus station
5: yeah the hitchhiker i actually um um i I also am a medium and so I believe um in messages from spirit and um just about a week or so prior to the hitchhiker meeting the hitchhiker i got a message to go to a certain store in a certain town um i really had no reason to go to this certain store in this certain town but i, I believe in what i what i receive so on the day that i was meant to go to this store i went and um it wasn't anything to do with the store it was just to get me in in this in this certain spot at a certain time and as I was driving home um, I noticed a hitchhiker with a sign with a nearby town and um, you know I don't pick up hitchhikers there's all that stigma around hitchhikers especially for women but as I was driving by I picked up on his energy and I pulled over to the side of the road and just went with my intuitive and um, he got in the car Um, just to make it short he was going to a nearby town it was nowhere near where I was going Um, I wanted to give him some money but I didn't have a lot of cash in my wallet but I just got this message to he needed to get to where he was going and um, it was very important so I ended up taking him to the bus station and buying him a bus ticket to get to his destination Um, driving to the bus station uh, you know didn't even know if there was going to be a bus going to where he was going um, we got there there was actually a bus that was leaving in nine minutes <laughs> and um, off, off he went and uh, it turned out that he was a musician that was playing in a uh, festival very very talented young man and I knew that he was meant to be at this festival to inspire a lot of people so I'm glad that I had a part in, in getting him there
4: you say this transformation through this learning and growing and trusting the universe. Now, explain mm-hmm. that, trusting the universe.
5: The universe, to me, uh, represents our higher power, and a uh, higher power being our guides that, we, uh, that come with us when we're born to take care of us and to keep us on our path. Um I believe that it's it's all energy, and that we certainly can trust and know without a doubt that those people are are with us and all you have to do is ask for their help and um, they they will it's it's i've proved it i've asked for help many, many times from my from my guides from my higher power and uh, if you ask with good intention you shall receive
4: ask and surrender
5: ask and surrender yes i love that word surrender because if you surrender to your to your intuitive to your soul to your higher power anything is possible it's just having the courage to let go and uh and trust
4: is a huge it's huge so your story could be anybody's story
5: absolutely anybody's story I, I think it's um, relatable uh, for men and for women, um, and yeah, I think it could be anybody's story. anybody can can change their situation and circumstances in their life for the better if just if you just trust that everything that you need, all the tools that you need
4: are inside of you. The title of the book, by the Way, I love you, My Journey. Ama, um, tell us what's the best way to get your book.
5: Um, it's available online at uh, all the major bookstores, um, also at Author House, Chapters, Amazon, all the major bookstores, Barnes and Noble.
4: Well, thank you so much for joining us on Author Talk.
5: Thank you very much, Steve. Have a wonderful day.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world.
1: Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Traveling with the Life Giver A Spiritual Journey Through Recovery from Abuse. And joining me from California is our author, Carol Romeo. Welcome to the program, Carol.
6: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: You are an author. What is your yes. other uh, preoccupation, I guess, in addition to being a writer?
6: Well, I'm a marriage and family therapist, and I also have a master's in practical ministry. So in my work, um, I also, what I do is I combine the both. I believe that our journey toward wholeness is spiritual, as well as needing the psychological tools to get where we need to go. So that's why I I started as a church counselor and then uh, went to school and got my master's in MFT.
1: You've uh, mentioned or called this traveling with the life giver. My presumption is I know what that is, but tell for my listeners who the life giver is.
6: The life giver is Jesus Christ. And, um, I received the Lord in 1976, and it was a mess at that time. I, have, I was a professional dancer, but everything was kind of breaking down. And, um, and, uh, during my journey, because this book is a lot about my journey, it's an allegory, but it's also a lot about my journey. And, um, you know, I found that I needed the strength and the healing that it came from Jesus Christ, um, as well as a lot of, therapy and other tools that I got along the way but um, it's it's deeply spiritual, the book and uh, includes uh, the spirit who travels with Cherished and she's the main character and uh, she was abused and she ran she was living in the lifegiver's home and she ran from that home and into the woods and into the darkness and ran from looking at her abuse um, and um so the story, the story circles around her.
1: The story is an allegory. In other words, it's a sort of a fiction nonfiction blend. Would that be the way to describe yes. it? Yes. And it's based yes. on your personal interaction with not only other people but some of the events from your own life. Would that be also correct?
6: Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Because um, I I like to write. Uh, writing I mean was part of my healing journey. I I journal like crazy. And, um, and, uh, I did write a, a a book before this one, which is called Meditations from the River, and that was poems and meditations, um, during the dark time that I went through also. Um, but yeah, I wrote it as an allegory so that it's not exactly my story and people can plug in their own story and how they identify, you know, with the character and, uh, uh... It was a little bit more challenging than the first book I wrote, but um, but um, I'm glad for the way that it came out. Because so yeah, I can really identify with Cherished, and uh... she ends up changing her name, and actually the enemy helps her to change her name to Forsaken, because she believes the lies that she was forsaken by Life Giver, and um, that was part of my journey too, that I had just felt forsaken. Um, God wasn't healing me I had fun on my object And, um, and so I went into a deep depression and away from God and then part of it the second part of the book is coming back and the spirit finding a way to get to open her heart and to take in the healing that was there from god
1: there's another book that's in the marketplace has been out for probably 100 years called pilgrim's progress that has maybe some of this allegory uh vision in it does your book have any of those parallels
6: yes yeah it is very similar to um pilgrim's progress um you know and uh, uh you know i didn't mean it to be similar but it is in the uh, in some of the
1: form. It does. Do, it does have a different focus, though. In fact, your first yes. paragraph, the first line of your first paragraph, begins like this: "Embittered tears dampen Forsaken's face as she scrambled down the treacherous path that led into the blackened forest and away from her beloved, life giver's home." That sets yes. the mood for the first chapter, and from there, yes. it gets positive towards the end. Yes,
6: the first actually. Um uh, the first four chapters um, go into the the hindrances. What hinders us from getting healed? Like she runs away. She um, instead of facing the pain and getting the help from life figures she could have gotten, she runs away. And then later in that first four chapters, also um, she not only listens to the lies in her head, but she begins to um, shame herself. And then she finally climbs into a cave where she hides herself, and she thinks that in the hidden darkness she's going to be safe, which was absolutely the opposite, um, uh, but the Spirit found her and was with her, even inside of the cave, and mostly I focus on, um, you know, overcoming the shame, because shame is a big component of abuse, and it is the component that also keeps us from God. And then the second four chapters are um, the the things to do to get the healing that's dated, um to come back into the light and functioning and being whole.
1: As you began to write this, did you have a specific target audience in mind? Is it just those who are, say, uh, spiritual in nature, or will this appeal to a wide audience, do you think?
6: I'm hoping it will, will appeal to a wider audience. Um that's why I did call him life giver. And um uh there are some references in there to um then to Jesus. But um I've had people that are just spiritual um in nature and not necessarily Christian and um they got something from the book, they enjoyed the book. Um, but it is it is a strong spiritual Christian
1: based book. What is the underlying theme? What is the one story you want readers to take away from this? What is the moral of your book?
6: Um, I think the thing I want them to take away from the book is that recovery is possible, that uh, to give them hope um, that there is a way out of the darkness. Um, Some people have a hard time getting through the first four chapters because they are pretty dark. Um, and, uh, depending on the amount of abuse, I mean, if somebody has light abuse, they may not be that depressed. Um, but when, when people are caught in the darkness and caught in the hopelessness and the depression, um, they don't see a way out. And, um, and it's my hope that they, they see in this, okay, you can go to the darkest place that there is, and you can still find a way out.
1: What is your personal definition of recovery, and what's the first step that a reader or an individual caught in that maelstrom of, uh, I guess, uh, negativity? How do they get out of it? What's the first step?
6: Um, I think the first step is awareness, and that's what I want the book to do, too, is bring people out of their denial and into awareness. Um, I really toyed with the word abuse because people think of abuse as, you know, uh, being beat every day or locked in a closet or they usually, you know, put extreme terms to the word abuse. Um, but I think it's important to, to know that, you know, even the verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, neglect, mine was a lot of neglect and because um, both parents worked and they were away from home, I was alone. So um, so awareness is the first thing. Coming out of the denial of, oh, nothing happened to me, you know, and uh, awareness is the first step, and then starting to look inside and find out, okay, what went on um, in my childhood and in my even adulthood, what went on that is causing then some of the acting out. Now, p- most people come to me or will come to the book, Um, because of secondary um, issues, in other words, like the addictions, broken relationships, um, depression, anxiety. So they won't know where all of those things are coming from, but their dysfunctional responses are usually because of underlying wounds and pain from the past.
1: Uh, you mentioned in 1970s sometime that you had a, a dramatic experience that changed the direction of your life. Uh, what, uh, what, what did that do to get you on the road to recovery, and, and where are you today?
6: Um, it was just, it was very dramatic, and not everybody has dramatic experiences with God. Um, but yes, mine was very dramatic in the ways that God met me and um, poured his life into me um and then uh i went through a period of actually um, it actually looked worse after than right away because i went and god started pulling up all of this stuff that was hidden inside of me and inside of my psyche and um so i my emotions were initially uh worse then and um my husband came to the Lord at the same time and um so both of us had all this hidden stuff that was coming up and I tell people kind of like it was like an atom bomb that went off in the house. <laughs> and um but we got the help to, you know, work through it and of course God gave us the help to work through it. Um and today, um I mean God is God is everything to me. God is my best friend. Um God is the one that saved me, um, and God is the one that continues to heal me. I mean, I continue to go to Him for healing um, and strength, in everything that I do. And this book and this work, I believe, is His.
1: How long did and it take? Even, how long did it take you, Carol, to complete this this particular uh, chapter of recovery? Traveling with the Life Giver.
6: Um, It took me about three years, I guess, three, four years, solid years, Um, because it was written and then rewritten and then rewritten. Um, I had trouble with the allegory form, and I knew God wanted me to write it in that form. Um, And I was processing my own stuff at the same time. So some of that would shift as I went along. And uh, so that's why it took me that long.
1: Uh, You've described this as strength for the process can be found through traveling with the life giver, Jesus Christ, and others who are on the similar path. So that was the purpose behind writing this book. Have you done anything beyond the writing of this book in order to get your message out?
6: Uh, Yes, I just completed a DVD series, which... um, was a real uh, push for me. But um, I think it's going to be really good to round out. It's it's uh, it's hour-long teachings, uh, teachings that will go with each chapter, because each chapter is set up so that it has questions and answers, uh, answers questions at the end of each chapter. And then, so it's it really is set up for a group study. I mean, individuals can go through it, but I encourage them to at least get with one other person um just for the strength that it provides but the now the DVDs, um they follow the book, but they they add a lot of the psychological tools that I did not add in the book, so um it really it really gives uh, a boost to the recovery because it gives clear, okay, you can do this, 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 and this.
1: How would you introduce this book, Traveling with a Life Giver, to my listeners and get them interested?
6: I would just tell them that, um, you know, it's a it's a synopsis of uh, some of the emotional journey that happens um, not only through severe abuse but even moderate abuse. And, uh, and it brings the experiences of Cherish with the Spirit that will give hope and strength and encouragement
1: to it. Good word. Good word to uh, encourage them. And again, the book title is Traveling with a Life Giver, A Spiritual uh-huh. Journey Through Recovery from Abuse. Our guest author has been Carol Romeo. Carol, where do my listeners get a copy of your book and also connect with your website?
6: Uh, yes, my website is uh, carolromeo dot com, uh, and they can get the book uh, through Amazon or um, author house, Barnes and Noble. Uh, the DVDs will be probably available on my webpage, page, um, and I, I want to set it up so that they download it. They could order them or they can download
1: them. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your personal story. And also this book that should be an encouragement to anybody that has any kind of emotional scars, maybe from childhood or later in life, that they need to address. Again, the Mm -hmm. title, Traveling with a Life Giver, A Spiritual Journey Through Recovery from Abuse. Thank you, Carol Romeo, for joining me today.
6: Oh, thank you for having me. For
1: author talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker.